Come on. Every story has a beginning. Discover the origin of evil. Why are you back here, Claire? Your conspiracies weren't true when we were kids. They're not true now. We need to expose Umbrella. Watch this. I'm afraid, Claire. I'm afraid of what they're going to do to this town. You see, Umbrella, they have an incident. I'm talking Chernobyl, if you know what I mean. People are getting sick. You gotta help us, Claire. Let the world know what's really going on. everybody and welcome to the latest episode of fresh cuts this is mike joining me as always it's mr venom what's up venom how are you greetings and salutations zombie killers i'm doing pretty well mike how you doing i am doing well uh ready to talk about i guess <laughs> depending on if uh, depending on the specific fans maybe a movie they've been anticipating for what 30 years now almost or maybe not just kind of depending um Mm -hmm. and join us as well it's don and ellie what's up don how are you hey what's going on everyone yeah always great to be here (laughs) all right well no surprise what we're covering this week theatrical release resident evil now anyone that for some reason is not sure about what this is this is actually um well, you should actually Resident call it the Evil first. Movie. You should give it the full title, "Welcome to Raccoon City," because that's yeah. actually yeah, yeah. Just yeah, to make sure nobody's confusing everything, because I think that's <laughs> the I think that's the first part is actually getting the title right. <laughs> yeah, Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City. If that helps anybody, I mean, they should. Not know, that anybody's but... going to doubt us covering a, the original Resident Evil on Fresh Cuts, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just, just in case. <laughs> Yeah, so this is an actual adaptation of the video game. I mean, even though the the one from or the the franchise one claimed to be it, it used very 
minimally the video game, whereas this one kind of like the hype behind I don't even know if I would call it the hype, but the uh, purpose behind it was to really make a movie based on the video game itself. Uh, how well it did that, what it got right, what it got wrong. This is going to be an interesting episode because I, I'm sure there's going to be a portion of the horror community that just doesn't play video games much and mm-hmm. right probably doesn't here. know anything about the video game. So Right over here. Yeah, we got yeah, so, <laughs> so what the movie does or doesn't do right according to the games themselves might be irrelevant, whereas there's ones like me and Venom who have played the video game who could probably get more insight into that. And for that pretty much makes a movie like this, no mystery about what's going on or what happens in the movie uh, for the most part. But uh, yeah, we'll get into all that stuff shortly, but like always, we will start with general thoughts. Uh, Let's see the, uh, the synopsis set in 1998. The origin story explores the secrets of the mysterious Spencer mansion mansion and the ill-fated raccoon city so resident evil welcome to raccoon city venom what are your general thoughts okay folks uh as mike mentioned i am a uh, resident evil fan i am a in fact it is my favorite video game franchise of all time i have played every single chapter extensively even the crappy ones like the 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 linear shooter one that they came out with a survivor uh, a couple of the other just really weird side story games i've played them all and i love most of them so i am definitely coming at this review from a fan of resident evil's uh, standpoint having said that this movie is a hot mess my friends um they they blew their load with this movie they for some reason decided to combine the first five resident evil games and put them into one movie which makes this movie just an absolute mess the pacing is frantic at times there is literally no world creation or or character development in this film. If you are not familiar with the video game, I have a funny feeling you're going to hate this movie because they explain literally nothing. They don't tell you know, they show you William Birkin, but they don't tell you who he is. They show you the Ashford twins, but they don't tell you who they are and what their connection to this whole thing is. Um, they, they, they just through everything that they possibly could in this movie. It's almost, I was talking to Don before we went on air and it feels like the filmmakers didn't think they were going to get a sequel because like I said, they literally put everything that they could. Um, As Mike mentioned, the majority of the story is resident evil one and two, the original two video games, but there are absolutely elements of resident evil three resident evil code, Veronica, and Resident Evil 1, the remake, all in this film, and lots of it. I would say Code Veronica probably has the least references in here, whereas 1 and 2 have the most, but it just felt like they just wanted to put everything plus the kitchen sink in here, and it, it's it's almost too much at times. Um because of its certain characters and certain monsters, like we don't get Nemesis at all. Nemesis is like the anchor of the Resident Evil franchise, and we don't get him at all in here. We get the William Birkin monster from Resident Evil 3, which is great to see. Um, we get some other story uh, points from uh, 3 and Code Veronica, like I said, but the majority of it is 1 and 2. But what's funny is that the movie actually starts with Resident Evil 2. 
Like the opening scene, aside from the cold open, and this is going to be one of the complaints I have about movies like this, when a director or writer takes a property that is not a film, like they take a TV show or a video game or whatever, even a song, and they turn it into a music, uh, excuse me, they turn it into a full-length movie, uh, they end up adding stuff to the movie. Resident Evil is a very fleshed-out storyline over the years, over what, 25 years now. I think this year actually is the 25th anniversary of the original game. Um, and it's like we already have a great story. There's no need to add more. But then they give us this cold open with Claire and Chris as kids at the Raccoon City Orphanage, which makes no fucking sense if you've played the video game. But again, you know, filmmakers are going to take creative liberties with these franchises. I totally understand that. The, the, the question that I have is like, you know, the original Resident Evil, even if you whipped through it, was like five to six hours of gameplay, plus all the storyline and character development and everything else. It's hard enough to just turn that into one movie. But to go ahead and take the majority of two games and then added elements from three additional games and putting it all into this movie, it just makes it a mess, in my opinion. Um they change certain characters. Leon Kennedy is an absolute bitch in this movie, which is the complete antithesis of what he is in the video games. Again, creative liberties. I'm not going to bitch too much about it. But Leon is one of my favorite characters from the game because he's a fucking badass. And in this movie, he's just a shithead. Even though in the original Resident Evil 2 game, it was he was a rookie. They got that part right. And it was his first day, literally his first day of duty when the zombie outbreak occurred. So, yes, there's going to be some transitional periods, him kind of questioning what's going on, blah, blah, blah. But the guy in this movie is just an absolute bitch who should not, not even be a cop. Like, he doesn't have the air of a police officer whatsoever. Uh, they give us a story in the film about how he became a police officer. And, you know, Daddy kind of had something to do with it. We'll get more into that in the spoiler section. But, yeah, it just really bothered me that they changed Leon's character so much. Uh, apparently, you can't have more than one badass in the movie, which doesn't make sense because every member of Stars should be a killing machine in and of themselves based on their skill set and everything from the video game other than maybe Rebecca who is not in the movie and the gamers you know who know who Rebecca is probably know why she's not in the movie cuz she's annoying and shit uh though if there is a sequel I fully expect to see Rebecca in there um along with Billy from Resident Evil 0 and you know a bunch of other characters but um, I guess the long and the short of it is I didn't hate this film. This film is absolutely made for gamers. It is fan service 101. Um, you know, every time they introduce a new character, it's like, oh, cool, Wesker. Oh, cool, Barry. Oh, cool, uh, Vickers. I mean, they literally brought in even like secondary characters that are only mentioned in the original video game once, like Richard. They actually brought in Richard, uh, the guy in the video game who was killed by the giant snake. Unfortunately, no giant snake in this movie or giant tarantula. But again, um, you know, they kind of they're trying to ground it more in reality, which I don't know. I mean, once you introduce the liquors and a, a certain character, a certain little girl uh, who's from the Resident Evil 1 remake, um, grounded in reality is right out the window. And they should have just gone balls to the walls, given us the giant tarantula, given us the giant snake, because that's the kind of stuff we're looking for. Yes, zombies. Obviously, zombies are first and foremost with Nemesis or the T-virus, G-virus monster 
uh, being like a secondary antagonist. But man, uh, to 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 skip all of the really cool monsters that we saw in the first two games is a little bit unfortunate, especially because a giant CG snake can't be all that hard to render. You know, maybe the tarantula because it's hairy would be a little bit more difficult. But so I'm just going to I'm I'm going to try to cut myself off short here and just say overall, as a gamer, I enjoyed the references. I enjoyed the action. Um, the movie is rated R, but don't get excited. It's not rated R because of the gore. It's just rated R because of all the foul language. I think I counted about 47 fucks in this movie. I mean, there, there's literally a scene where a character says fuck three times in a row with nothing in between. He just goes, fuck. Well, fuck. You know, and it's just it got so annoying and stupid after a while that I just wanted to strangle this guy. Um but yeah, uh, the movie ultimately is a hot mess that only gamers, I think, uh, my personal opinion, I think only hardcore Resident Evil fans are really going to enjoy this movie. Otherwise, if you have no familiarity with the franchise um, in any way, shape or form, I say avoid the movie. There's not really much here for you. The action sequences aren't that great. There's some pretty cool cinematography. There's a really cool helicopter um, accident, like a helicopter crash that's uh, really, really well done. Uh, I thought that looked really cool. Once again, taken directly from the game. And um, there's a couple of other set uh, pieces. Like uh, there's a scene where Chris is shooting at zombies, but it's a dark room. And the only light in the room is the muzzle flash from his gun. I thought that scene was also very well done. But ultimately, um, this movie just felt too rushed, not enough character development, literally zero world building. Like, we don't really find out much about Raccoon City. That was one of the great things about the original Resident Evil game, is getting all the backstory on the city, the town. Here, I mean, when the movie opens, uh, Raccoon City is already pretty much desolate, um, which, you know, kind of leads you to believe that it, it's a later Resident Evil entry, since in the video game world... Resident Evil, uh, excuse me, Raccoon City wasn't destroyed until the end of the third game. Um, so, yeah, th this movie, un as cool as it is, one thing I will say is that the filmmakers did their homework. Uh, the filmmakers are either big Resident Evil fans because the level of detail in this movie is ridiculous. I mean, uh, the keys that one character hands to another character are the exact keys in the game. The spade key, the club key, the diamond key. Um, you know, once again, fan service. Um, even the wallpaper on the second floor of the Spencer Mansion was exactly as it was in the video game. So when it comes to set design and just level of detail, A plus to the to the filmmakers. They did a really good job recreating both the police station and the Spencer Mansion. But as far as actual storytelling and dialogue goes, uh, not very good. The dialogue here is pretty forgettable. All the best dialogue in the movie comes directly from the game. So it's like all the original stuff that this director, uh, who also wrote the movie, um, added to it was just kind of pointless and really just kind of cringy. Like some of the line deliveries here. Um, none of the performances really blow me away. I'd say Claire, uh, the woman who played Claire Redfield, Kaya Scottolario, Scottolario. Um, she is probably the best performance in the movie. Most of the other performances in the movie are very throwaway. I also don't like the changes made to Wesker, who is one of my favorite characters in the franchise. They almost 
kind of make him a heroic character in this movie, kind of, sort of. I'll be able to get into more detail in the spoiler section. Uh, but ultimately, yeah, this movie is its a fun movie for Resident Evil fans, but it has a lot of problems. I don't know that I'll ever return to this and watch it again. If they do a sequel, I'll rewatch this, you know, just for, you know, to, to refresh my memory. But, yeah, this isn't a, a, a very high quality film. It, it's definitely its highest. Its best quality is going to be its fan service. And its worst quality is just going to be the fact that they just put way too much in here. So, yeah, uh, I'll stop now before I go on for another hour. Uh, like I said, Resident Evil is my favorite video game franchise of all time. So even though this isn't a movie I was I was necessarily anticipating, really, I was anticipating more how much of it I was going to dislike. <laughs> and uh, they, they definitely didn't uh, disappoint me. So, yeah, there you go. If you're a gamer, watch it. If you're not, I, I would say ignore it. Don, the one on our cast with really no attachment to the video games. What did you think of the movie? Yeah, um, so I was joking with Venom before we came on. Um, my video game experience is relegated to a three-hour session of Mario Party on N64 at my sister's 16th birthday party. <laughs> That's it. Um, I I literally don't know much of anything about video games as a whole. Uh, I don't know much of the genres or the references that uh, Venom was talking about. I don't know how many Resident Evil games there are. I'm not I'm not that familiar with it. I, I do like the original series. I'll give that... Um, I'll, I'll say that real quickly. Um, I'm actually a huge fan of those. Uh, I, I, I kind of like what they what they do with those. They're just silly, stupid, shoot-em-up action films with lots of monsters and zombies and exploding bodies and stuff like that. So I'm a fan of stuff like that. As for the new one, ah, uh, wow. Um, yeah, I, I can kind of see where Venom's coming from because I had so many problems trying to figure out what the hell was going on here. Um, <laughs> I, I assumed as much just based on um, how little of it I was grasping that so much of it had to have been just straightforward adaptations of the video games, which I'm glad to hear I was correct on. <laughs> So, yeah, um, the beginning of this, it's kind of like, what the hell? Like, all of these things are happening, and it's like, all of, you know, okay, you know, this body appears out of nowhere, and all of a sudden, you know, it's gone. And then the strange, you know, disease and malefiction, you know, addiction, malefiction, where this person's bleeding from the eyes that all of a sudden nobody really seems that freaked out about. And then, you know, all this other stuff is happening. It's like, what the hell? Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, I was generally confused for a while until I realized, okay, then they must be adapting the video games because I don't know what the hell's happening here. And when in that case, I kind of started liking it a little bit more. Um, just as a straightforward film, it, I, I do agree. There's a lot going on. A lot of it, I would imagine, not knowing the video game, I'm kind of clueless on, which is what happened for the first... I'd say half hour, 45 minutes, but once it becomes more of a shoot 'em up action film, I, I kind of liked it a little bit more. Um, I, I, I think the action scenes are a lot better than Venom's giving it credit for. It's not mind blowing stuff, but I think just basically because it was, you know, the stuff I was interested in, I was kind of enjoying it a little bit more because that's the kind of stuff I like in my movies. So the fact that it was 
it was fun. It wasn't exactly, you know, the greatest of ever because, yeah, I do wish that there should have been more gore in this. Mm-hmm. I'm not even sure that there was much of anything. Um, a few, a, a few splatters, but nothing like really major or serious. Nope. But yeah, um, in that sense, I kind of like the film a little bit more. But yeah, um, I, I feel like my not knowing much of the game was kind of a hindrance. Because I was just completely clueless as to all of this. To me, it felt like this weird, this, you know, all of this info dump that was happening just, you know, with all these characters and their relationships and just everything that was going on in, you know, these two locations. And then realizing, oh, okay, then they must be adapting the, they must be adapting the video games more closely than I thought they would. Because I figured that they would just take the central premise of the video games and then just play it out and play it out from there. So, yeah, um, my initial impression was a bit of a struggle to uh, to get through. The action is fun. I don't think it's the greatest, but because it's the the kind of material I'm more interested in, I had a lot more fun with it. But if I knew what was going on or if I was familiar with the video games, I probably would feel a little stronger about it. But overall, I would say it's kind of middle of the road. And, eh. I I wouldn't know if it's a recommend or not. Um, Yeah, it's kind of one of those where it's like I'm kind of leaning on the fence as to where I stand on that kind of stuff. But yeah, uh, in general, I like the action. I like the monsters. I like the makeup. The atmosphere is great. I like the way that it's, you know, it's constantly raining. There's this imposing, there's this, you know, suffocating atmosphere that I kind of got into. But all of the the storyline and the characters, I was just confused as hell. Okay. So for me, um, my, my general thoughts, I definitely think this was made in mind with fans of the video games more than anything else. If, if I had to, you know, cater this to one set of horror fans, I would say it's definitely meant for the ones who have played the games over the ones who haven't, which was more the Resident Evil, the original Resident Evil movie franchise. It, it wasn't nearly as important, I don't think. Um, now, I haven't seen the first one in a long time. It's not that there were zero references to the video game in it, but it quickly, like, went off on its own thing which mm-hmm. it's fine because that's what i want the one thing i the do. one thing i um the one thing i mean, i caught in both was the fact that the underground mansion is important in both right yeah that's the, that's the hive that's where that that's the name of the lab that they uh do all their experiments yeah it's always been under the spencer mansion mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. yeah that was one of the big things i was questioning but mm-hmm. yeah go ahead mike sorry for the yeah, so this one's definitely more catered to fans of the video game. And with that said, I think that's where its biggest strength lies when it p- plucks things directly out. Whether to me the the best thing it does is with its like its settings, the ones that are actually from the game. Oh yeah, that's, uh, yeah, the set designs are spectacular. Yeah, the police department, the mansion, it all looks like Raccoon City from those first couple of games. Now, with that said, I do have a, a similar criticism as Venom had because I'm kind of I'm kind of at a loss as to what the or why so much from different entries in the franchise were stuffed into this game. And the only reason, you know, if this was made 30 years ago, 
that'd be different. But in this day and age, it doesn't seem like studios make these types of movies to make a one-off. It's usually, I'll make that, we'll let that first one get made, see how successful it is with in mind, hoping to make more of them. Now, that, now that, that's not to say, it's not like they've exhausted everything from the, the first handful of games. There's plenty that they didn't put in here that could be used. But I remember, because Venom mentioned like the Resident Evil 2 opening was used, and I remember that specifically because I was like, I was like, was I remembering the first game wrong? Because I swear the 18-wheeler wheeler rolling into Raccoon City was the opening of Resident Evil 2. Yes. And uh, yeah, I looked it up afterwards. I was like, yep, that's that's true. Now, I, I, I do believe there is, with, when it comes to the first two Resident Evil games specifically, I think there is like some room for a little mix and matching because they're so attached as far as, like, I think it's like almost the same time period where it happens or is it resident Evil to like the next set coming in like after the events of one to like figure out what the hell exactly is yeah gonna... when when right. resident evil 2 starts the outbreak is already happening okay the, the yeah taken away. yeah, yeah I, and I, I do think there's a little room to play mix and match with the first two um especially because they like i said they've they've left plenty out that if they were to make a second one they could still put plenty of in there that happens uh, through the course of these events but then when you start getting like stuff from three and beyond it's like okay wait a minute what's going on here now with that said they don't really shut the door on other ones possibly made either so that's the whole kind of like for us video game fans or resident evil video game fans at least it's like okay well what do they plan to do i mean i guess we can discuss that in spoilers uh what what the future lies possibly for this but overall i will say i liked it more than i expected to my expectations were pretty low i i didn't read a ton of reviews ahead of time i tend not to do that but you know what i did see it was like either mediocre some people just hated it a lot um some of the criticisms though at you know once I saw the movie, I, I just didn't get them. People saying there wasn't much zombie stuff. I was like, it seemed like there was plenty to me, especially if you're modeling it after the first two games, because the original is straight up not an action game, really. It's straight survival horror. And even Resident Evil 2 is much more survival horror than the action type horror that the franchise becomes. So I, I really didn't have a problem with any of that. I but, think non-gamers, non-gamers, the only thing that they know about Resident Evil is zombies. So they probably expected a zombie film, if you will. I, I, I actually agree with that criticism. I don't think there was enough zombies. Um, but then again, I also don't like that they put just so much from all the other movies in there. It's like yeah. the story of the first Resident Evil is a great story in and of itself. I mean, like uh -huh. I said, it's five to six hours of gameplay. There's no need to incorporate stuff from other games, especially if you know that this could turn into a franchise. Obviously, it's already been a franchise with like six or seven movies. So mm -hmm. maybe they weren't anticipating that kind of success again. But it's like I, I just feel like they blew their load. They They literally took so much from the first five games and threw it in here that, I mean, what's left to tell if we get a sequel, what is it going to be the story of the giant tarantula? Like there's not real. Well, obviously not. Cause well, because of the ending, which I, you know, we won't get into here, but uh, like the ending of this movie came like a, one whole movie too early, mm -hmm. especially considering the title of this fucking movie is welcome to raccoon city. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. 
It's an incorrect type, but whatever. (laughs) And to me, this movie, it may be because it's modeled after video games from like the late 90s or mid to late 90s. It it feels very much like a movie that should have been made 30 years ago or at least 20 years ago. This is the movie we should have gotten the first time. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like if... If the if this would have been the movie that came out whenever the year the first Resident Evil came out, I and, think it's two thousand two or two thousand three. Yeah, see that would have been the perfect time frame for this one, and flesh out, trim off too much stuff from additional entries. But, but at that time, I don't even know how many entries we were in because that was what about five six years into the video games. Um, but you know, try to cut everything out from the the later installments of Resident Evil video games. And I thought you would have had like a nice, you know, kind of trashy video game movie, you know, not high concept art here, but Hey, you're making a movie. This, I mean, to me, that's the biggest strength of the movie is it's all fan service to hell. And it feels like a game or a movie based on the game. Whereas in the first one felt like, okay, we're going to use the video games name. We're going to throw in a couple references and instances to things that happen in the game. Whereas this one was like, no straight up, like the, the game story, its settings, its style is going to be what we model the movie after. So Mm. it's just like, why didn't you make this one way back then and seen if you could have built the franchise off of something similar to this. I'd like to think too, if they would have made this movie back in 2002, it wouldn't have incorporated so many games, you know, it exactly more yeah. focal, more focused, more centralized on the original story, which, again, um, is such a major problem with Hollywood. This is one of my biggest gripes with Hollywood when they decide to make a movie based on another property is that every goddamn director and screenwriter has to, quote unquote, make the movie their own. They have to add stuff to the mythology that was not there before to almost to show, see, I can add to the story when all we want is the first Resident Evil. All I want is the story of the Spencer Mansion. That's it. That would make me, you get a good horror director. That's another thing that this franchise fails on is that they've never hired an actual horror director to make one of these movies. And yes, I know that the director of the of the new one has done horror films, Unfortunately, I hate all the movies that he's done. Uh, he did the the Strangers Pray at Night, the second Strangers movie. Hated it. He did both 47 Meters Down movies. Hated both of them. Um, he did Dark Hunters. Hated it. So even though this guy does have a horror pedigree, he doesn't have a quality horror pedigree, which is really too bad. It's like, why can't you give something like this to a James Wan or a, a, maybe not Flanagan? This seems a little below Flanagan, but, you know, a, a, a Wingard or, you know, somebody that actually has a name in the genre, because the thing that filmmakers forget is that this is survival horror resident evil is a survival horror game it's not a survival action game it's not an action survival game it is a fucking horror game and every single fucking director who's had their hands on a resident evil movie seems to forget that it's a fucking horror movie a game excuse me and and this one may have been the most horror of any resident evil entry that we've ever gotten but it's still devolved into a big action movie by the end which just irks the shit out of me. So like I said, I'm equal parts impressed with the level of detail that the filmmakers put in this movie, 
and just as disappointed in the fact that they're not um, as uh, what's the word I'm looking for. Um, they're not using the source material the way they should be. They, like I said, they constantly add stuff to it. This is the reason uh, the new Mortal Kombat movie has that shitty character Cole in it. Cole is not a fucking character from any Mortal Kombat game, but the director and writer of that movie decided, well, I'm going to put in my own character so that I can make it my own. Because this Mortal Kombat franchise that already has over 60 fucking characters in it uh, doesn't have enough characters. So I'm going to add one. And you know what he did? He added the worst possible character. Oh, a guy who can make a, what, a gold, uh, like, plate to protect himself when he's angry? Are you fucking kidding? That's what you decided to give us? I understand I'm kind of ranting on Mortal Kombat right now, but it's the general idea of it that directors have to, quote unquote, make it their own. Fuck you. Just make the goddamn movie that we want and we will praise you. You know, if you give me that good Resident Evil original story with the Alpha and Bravo um, stars teams and nothing else, I will be very happy, especially if it's a high quality film. But because you decide to, quote unquote, make it your own, well, now it's your own piece of shit. You know, rather than giving us a good movie that we wanted, you made your own piece of garbage. So I hope, uh, Johannes Roberts, I hope you're happy with the film because you made it your own. All right. You made it your own little turd that belongs only to you because I will not associate with it anymore. <laughs> and mind you, I sound angry, but I agree with Mike. The movie did do a lot right. And the majority of it is the stuff that they took directly from the game. Otherwise, all the original stuff that they added to this movie, all the characters that were not in any of the games that they added, all the scenarios that were not in the game, all sucked, in my opinion. Um, I'm, I'm with Don. This movie is about middle of the road to me because they do equal parts things great and equal parts terrible. And... That opinion is obviously going to be based on your history with the franchise, the video game franchise. Um, obviously, Don didn't see as many problems with it as me and Mike might because of how familiar we are with the games. But filmmakers have to understand that. I mean, you got to make that balance of appeasing the hardcore fans and getting new cinematic fans into the theater to, to watch this movie. And ultimately, I don't think this movie hits the mark for anything. Like, yes, there's a lot of fan service. Yes, there's a lot of pandering to the hardcore fans. But uh, they throw so much in there. Like, like I said, the movie feels frantic to somebody like me who already knows who these characters are. And then to somebody who doesn't know who these characters are, their personality, their backstories, all of that, they're probably just lost. Like, am I supposed to know who these people are? Am I supposed to know that they have a relationship of some kind? Like, it's just... Like, I look at this movie as just a really bad introduction to to Raccoon City. Um, I, I, how can I put it? Um, like, Don has already kind of said his two cents about it coming from the standpoint of a non-gamer. But I just feel like non-gamers are really going to hate this movie. They're going to walk away not knowing half of what the hell's going on. They're not going to remember half the names of the people in here. They give us so many goddamn names. On top of the fact that they throw some in there that are kind of in passing, like I said, the Ashford twins, um, Lisa Trevor, you know, a, a few other characters like that, that you would only know if you played the games. 
And I think that's a disservice. You're making a movie. You're not making a video game. Make the movie for people who have never played the game, but then include little winks and nods to the gamers so that they know, yes, this feels like a Resident Evil movie. But yeah, this movie tried to give us the movie that we wanted 20 years ago and failed kind of miserably. Um, obviously Mike likes it a little bit more than I do. I don't hate the film. I genuinely, genuinely don't. I'm extremely disappointed in what they did with my favorite video game franchise. That's really the, the brunt of it. Um, that, like I said, I, I just, I have so many issues with this movie that it's going to be really hard for me to concentrate on the positives. Um, but you know, that's just me being fickle again. <laughs> yep. Um, I don't have much more to add other uh, from my general thoughts, but you know, I agree. It's probably middle of the road. I, yeah. I would just recommend it to people who were fans of the actual video games, because I think you're going to get, you might get a little added bonus out of it just because I think they do a good job on the video game something they pluck directly from the yeah. video games. And it, it was cool to see it's, it's, I think what a lot of us wanted to see. And I think, you know, me and you have mentioned it multiple times is, kind of what we wanted to see when when they first announced that the fact that they were making Resident Evil movies it didn't seem like a big ask or tough to pull off pulling a little bit more out of the actual video game I don't see how they couldn't have incorporated it even into what became the first movie and in this one they were a lot more successful in doing it of course that was their kind of mission statement going into it in the first place so it would have been a real disappointment if they hadn't at least done that for yeah. this one but to their credit they actually did do it so uh yeah that's pretty much it for my direct or direct i mean general thoughts <laughs> yeah um yeah it's it's really too bad like i said i wasn't like highly anticipating this movie i was mildly excited when it was announced because i at first i thought it was just another cg movie because they've done like a half dozen of those but when I when I heard that it was an actual reboot, you know, live action, I, blah, 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 I got mildly excited, but I also got uh, cautiously optimistic because I, I knew they were going to fuck up some stuff. <laughs> and, and, and even though it was like technically Resident Evil 2 stuff, I really liked all the stuff with the truck driver and the truck. I thought they did all that stuff. Oh, like that was really some of the well. great, like, like I said, yeah. Going. That was literally a cutscene, the opening cutscene of Resident Evil 2 taken directly from the game. So yeah, that was great. Uh, the introduction of the police station when the camera slowly zooms up to the, I mean, they, they nailed that police station. Even the statue in the background holding up the sword, absolutely perfect. But then they go into the back room and it looks like just another police station. It looks like just mm. any mm. random police station number 347, you know, whereas you have the front, uh, the front area of the police station that matches the game perfectly with all its art deco and like cool designs and everything. And then it looks like they go to a whole nother set to, for the meeting room. Like, it, I don't know. It, it just, it felt inconsistent, but again, the meeting room wasn't in the game. So, mm. you know, they they had to make it completely you know uh, a, a completely new set and but they weren't thinking about the cool set that they made for the, the front of the police station and trying to match that artistic style and they did not minor gripe ultimately at the end of the day when you with all the other issues I have with the movie um, even though set design is one of the things uh, they I think they nailed uh, they absolutely nailed you know the introduction of the first zombie which is a famous cutscene from the first Resident Evil game. I thought they nailed that. 
Um, we didn't get any master of unlocking. <laughs> oh, thank God. Yeah, no Barry at all, which I, I'm a little disappointed on because Barry and Wesker are my two favorite characters. And this movie has no Barry and they change Wesker a lot. So it's one of those things where, you know, uh, it, it's one of the things that I kind of um, focus on when I'm talking about gripes with the movie. It's like, well, uh, there's my two favorite characters just turned to shit. One isn't even in the movie and the other one they turn into the, almost a goody two shoes. Obviously, with the, um, what do you call it, the post-credit scene or the mid-credit scene, they kind of set something up for later, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but it, it still didn't make me happy. It, it, it's like, it, if I had to bet money that this movie was going to have a cutscene, I would have bet on the cutscene that we got. You know what I mean? I, I'm calling it cutscene because I still feel like it's a video game. Um, the post-credit scene. I'm like, I, I, I literally walking into the theater said, oh, I bet you she's going to show up in the in the uh, post credits. <laughs> and guess what happened? So, yeah, again, it's like um, if you're really familiar with the with the video games, then, you know, there's not a whole lot of surprises in the movie. Um, and that post credit scene is the least surprise of all of them. <laughs> mm -hmm. you, you hardcore fans know who I'm talking about, but we'll get into it later. But, yeah, I, you know, for whatever it's worth. I do enjoy it more than the first movie. I liked that the first, uh, you know, the original Resident Evil movie with Mila was a little bit different from the game. I was okay with that. Um, I, I felt like it was a good start of the franchise. I just feel like the franchise kind of fizzled out after the first, like, two uh, films, you know? I'm, the last couple were fine for what they were, but they completely lost their way as far as, you know, the, the whole origins of the story with Umbrella and the Spencer Mansion and everything else. Um, when you watch the final Resident Evil movie from the, you know, the previous franchise, it's like just completely different than what we would have expected to get from a Resident Evil movie. But, you know, uh, yeah, cut me off, Mike, because I'm going to keep complaining about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, instead of cutting you off, I'll just have you transition to spoilers. If we got any, I mean, the whole movie is already spoiled if you play the video game, technically. That's why I was like, it's kind of hard to even yeah. do it for a portion of the people listening, I assume. I mean, if you've played, what, the first four, five, five Resident yeah. Evils? If you then, include the remake, yeah, five. Yeah. Because you have uh, to include the remake because they took a character that only appears in the remake and they put it in the game. Uh, which was another disappointment of mine. I love that character. Uh, well, I guess we're in the spoiler section, so let's just get mm -hmm. into it. Um, sure. Obviously, it's Resident Evil. We all know what's going on. Um, our movie opens up with Claire. Well, actually, our movie opens up with a cold open. Uh, this is one of the extras that the screenwriter decided to add that really adds nothing to the fucking story. Uh, basically, we get a cold open that shows Claire and Chris as children growing up at the Raccoon City Orphanage. And what we see is Claire as a child seeing a little deformed girl who's kind of secretly walking around the facility. Um, this girl is, you know, very creepy looking. But of course, Claire being a child, for some reason, isn't scared of her. Aren't Kids are fucking brave sometimes. I can't get over it. Um, you know kind of introduces herself to this little girl, finds out that her name is Lisa Trevor. Uh, anyone who's played the Resident Evil remake remembers Lisa Trevor as the additional boss fight that was added to the remake. And she looks exactly the same in the movie as she does in the game, but she's not as big. 
Because in the game, she was tall. She was like six or seven feet tall. She towered over the player. Uh, here in the movie, she's still, you know, basically the size of a child, maybe a small adult. But Claire is like bigger than her. And Claire is a fairly petite woman. So, um, so anyway, yeah, like I said, we open with the cold, uh, the cold open. Chris and Claire are at the orphanage. They try to take Claire down to a secret room. She ends up escaping and leaving Raccoon City. And uh, the majority, the main part of the film opens up with Claire coming back into town after so many years. I forget if they mention even how many years that she's been gone. Um, but she's definitely been gone for a while. She hasn't spoken to Chris in many years, her own brother. And um, that's when we get the Resident Evil 2 opening cutscene where Claire is hitchhiking with a truck driver. And basically in the video game, the truck driver doesn't turn into a zombie until well later, until after he drops off Claire, after they have the truck accident, blah, blah, blah. Uh, in the movie, of course, uh, we get the truck driver accidentally hit someone in the road. And when they go out to check the body, they see that it's a little girl. She's bleeding. You know, she looks like she's, you know, torn up pretty badly. But then they turn around and they get into an argument because the truck driver doesn't want to call the authorities. Obviously, Claire wants to call the authorities. While they're sitting there arguing, the body gets up. The little girl actually gets up and walks away and runs into the woods so that when Claire and the truck driver turn around, the body is gone and they didn't see her get up and leave. Unfortunately, the truck driver has a Doberman pincher. Uh, once again, if you've played the game, you know our pinchers. Um, the Doberman pincher comes out of the truck and starts licking the blood stain, the, the pool of blood that was left in the road. And we all know, th those of us who have played the game know where it's going from there. Um, because in the original Resident Evil, uh, also the dogs were the first creature that we interacted with. We actually interact with them in the opening cutscene of the first Resident Evil. So they are technically the first monster we meet in the game, and they are the first monster we meet here in the movie. So after that, um, Claire ends up going home, reconnecting with Chris. Uh, you know, they get into their little conversation about where you've been. You know, you weren't here for me, but Wesker and the stars unit, and they were all here. Dr. Birkin, they were all here for me, blah, blah, blah. And um, basically from there, Chris has to go to work. Uh, Chris, of course, is a STARS member. He's a member of the Raccoon City Police Department, which is called STARS. I believe it stands for Special Tactics and Rescue something. Can't remember what the S stands for, but Special Tactics and Rescue is uh, the STARS team. They are basically the, the Raccoon City Police Department. And, uh, you know, this is at this point, we get an introduction to the other main characters at a diner. We are introduced to Jill Valentine, uh, Wesker, um, and Richard. I forget what uh, Richard's last name. I totally forgot. But uh, Richard, like I like I mentioned earlier in the spoiler-free section, he is the one who gets killed by the giant snake in the original video game. Unfortunately, in the movie, he just gets taken out by zombies. Though in a very cool scene, I don't know if you guys noticed, or obviously Don didn't, but Mike, I don't know if you noticed, but did you notice that in the scene where Richard gets taken out by the zombies, they took those camera angles directly from the video game. Do you remember that staircase that leads to the basement in the original? Yeah, that I remember thinking it looked very similar. Yeah, yeah they literally took the exact shot. Mm -hmm. 
um, which I thought was, again, very cool, even though they kill Richard in a different way than in the video game. You know, whatever we'll deal. Um, so as the movie goes along, you know, Claire is uncovering more information about Umbrella. At this point, Umbrella has for the majority left Raccoon City. They're in the process of abandoning the Hive and the Spencer Mansion and Raccoon City as a whole. Um, and the only citizens that are still there are either police officers or people that are too poor to leave the town. Uh, so, you know, the town is ultra populated. Um, which is really nice because even with the zombie horde scenes, it's not like suddenly there's 10,000 zombies in Raccoon City because the population of Raccoon City is probably not 10,000. So at least they kept that kind of accurate because, uh, like I said, the town, for the most part, had already been abandoned by most people that could afford to leave. So um, obviously the dog... Uh, who licked up the pool of blood, turns into a zombie dog. He ends up biting the driver of the uh, the 18-wheeler. He slowly... I kind of... That's one thing I, I kind of wanted to point out. I like the way that people turn into zombies in this movie. As opposed to the traditional... Uh, they die and then are reanimated. Here, it's more like a... It's, it's, it's almost like a 28 days later thing, but much slower. Whereas the, the rage virus in 28 days later was instant. Like as soon as you got it in your system, you turned into that raving, you know, maniac. Here, it was a much slower transition where people actually, um, their eyes would bleed. Like one of their eyes would actually bleed for like a couple of days leading up to the actual transformation of a zombie to the point where some of the zombies were actually speaking. They were they were fresh enough zombies or had been, uh, you know, transformed into zombies recently enough that they still had some of their human mentality there. So some of them would be at the police station gate actually yelling, let us in, let us in, even though they're very obviously zombies. Their hair is falling out. Their teeth are falling out. Their eyes are bleeding. So it's like they're, they're zombies, but they're literally talking to us. So, you know, kind of a return of the living dead kind of thing there with the talking zombies. Um, but after a while, obviously, they stop talking and just turn into the brainless flesh eaters that we all know and love. Um, I don't know where we go from here. Uh, Chris and Claire, like I said, uncover more about the mansion. Leon is introduced as the rookie cop who is just starting you know, his job. But as I mentioned in the non-spoiler section... He's a complete bitch here. Like, I, I can't stand what they did to Leon. Um, I love Leon. He's literally one of my favorite protagonists in the game. You know, I, I said Wesker is one of my favorite, but Wesker is obviously a, an antagonist, at least the game series anyway. And um, but Leon was always my favorite hero of the franchise, especially after Resident Evil 4, which is not touched upon in this movie. Thank God that uh, for the gamers, you guys know, that's the one that took place in Spain where Leon Kennedy was uh, fighting that group uh, called Las Plagas. And he was trying to save the president's daughter who had been kidnapped, blah, 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 blah. Uh, luckily, none of that was in this movie because that would have just been way too much. I already think there's too much in this movie. But, yeah, if you start putting in stuff from four and five and God forbid, you know, six and seven and eight, uh, a little bit too much. So, oh, definitely not six since that's kind of considered the worst Resident Evil game of the numbered games. Resident Evil six is like the lowest rated. It's not very fun, blah, blah, blah. Anyway. Um, let's see. We eventually find out that Wesker has been getting information from a secret, uh, hidden party. 
Uh, someone left him a Palm Pilot. Don't forget the movie takes place in 1998, so no iPhones, but he does have a Palm, a palm Pilot that someone left for him, and it's giving him instructions. Um, it was kind of cool because we actually get the Moonlight Sonata sequence for those who remember from the original Resident Evil where I believe it was actually Jill who had to play Moonlight Sonata on the piano to open a secret room. He actually does that in the movie, which, you know, it, it seems kind of silly. But like I said, all the information was in his Palm Pilot. It was literally telling him, go to the piano and play this series of notes. And he plays it. Secret door opens. Unfortunately, at the exact moment that the secret door opens, uh, the helicopter comes crashing into the front window. And what's one of the cooler action sequences in the movie? Um, just a really cool looking uh, helicopter accident. A great explosion afterwards, too. I, I thought it was really nice. Um, so, like I said, Wesker is working off information that he's getting from a secret party. Jill, uh, Jill Valentine uh, finds kind of figures out that he is kind of working on his own and that he's not actually following the orders from his uh, police chief, from Chief Irons. He uh, He's basically just following the instructions that are on this Palm Pilot. And then that's when he basically tells Jill, well, listen, someone's been talking to me for a couple of months now. They've been working with me secretly. I don't know who it is. Um, though Resident Evil game fans probably already have a good idea of who it is. Um, and that they gave him the information that uh, Raccoon City will be destroyed at 6 a.m. Uh, they don't say how. They just basically say Raccoon City will be destroyed at 6 a.m. So they do kind of a cool thing throughout the movie where they give us the time. Uh, I, I believe the movie starts at like 11 p.m. on September 30th, 1998, and then basically ends right at 6 a.m., you know, when we get our inevitable end. But we'll get to that here in a little bit. After giving Jill this information, they get into a little bit of an argument and they end up going their separate ways. Jill ends up reconnecting with Claire and Chris, who have just had an interaction with Dr. William Birkin. For those who don't know, Dr. Birkin is the creator of the G-Virus and the T-Virus from the video games. Though, if to watch this movie, you wouldn't know that. You know, I mean, he does have one line where he says, this is my baby. It's my creation. I'm not giving it to you. But that's like the only line in the movie that shows you that he has some kind of connection to the creation of the G virus. So um, uh, basically, you, you know, much like the opening cutscene of Resident Evil three, where Dr. Birkin becomes the Birkin monster, uh, we get that here. Uh, basically, Wesker ends up shooting Dr. Birkin, because Dr. Birkin reaches for his weapon to try to shoot Wesker first. Wesker, of course, is a fucking military, you know, tactical expert. So how Birkin thought he was going to get the upper hand on him is beyond me. Uh, but the inevitable does happen. Wesker shoots Dr. Birkin three times and it looks like he kills him. But just as uh, Dr. Birkin takes his final breath, we see a syringe fall out of his hand and we see one of the G-Virus bottles missing from the uh, attache case that he was carrying that had, I believe, six bottles of the G-Virus um, in it. And one of them was missing. So obviously we kind of know where we're going now, uh, just as Wesker and Claire and Jill and the, and Dr. Birkin's daughter also, who also survived this interaction. Uh, Dr. Birkin's wife was also shot by Wesker when she tried to shoot Wesker. 
Um, as they are trying to escape, Birkin reanimates and turns into the Birkin monster that we all know and love from Resident Evil 3. I mean, his his most recognizable trait was the giant eyeball on his right shoulder. Um, so if you guys remember that creature, he looks a little bit like Nemesis, but he wasn't quite Nemesis. I, maybe in this film, he's supposed to be Nemesis. But like I said, because, you know, we know the story of the video game, we know that Birkin didn't become Nemesis. He became the Birkin monster. Um, but, you know, whatever. Um, obviously, we have our back and forth with, uh, you know, lots of fire, uh, you know, firefights back and forth. Our our mercenaries, our stars members are trying to escape through a train. They discover that there's a train that leads from the Spencer Mansion out to a town called Gatlin, which is outside of Raccoon City. Uh, they go to the train, you know, activate it, try to get it running. Of course, though, Dr. Birkin, after being killed a second time by Wesker, after heading, getting his head, half of his head blown off, he once again metamorphosizes again into an even larger version of the Birkin monster, where this time William Birkin's head is actually embedded in the right shoulder of the monster. And the monster has like a brand new head that sprouted out, you know, with the sharp teeth and the red eyes, you know, very traditional Resident Evil monster looking. Um, he, of course, uh, the Birkin monster, of course, shows up at the train while our heroes are final, what, four survivors, four survivors, four or five survivors are trying to get out on the train what ends up happening is um in the video game at the end of resident evil 3 they actually destroy raccoon city with a nuke they they shoot a nuclear missile here though it looks like when they built the hive um you know the lab underneath the spencer mansion it looks like they uh put in like a self-destruct mechanism that actually imploded the facility it didn't explode it literally imploded and sunk into the ground but then the implosion spreads through the, the entire town um first we see the mansion kind of fall into the earth and then we see more parts of the city start to fall into the earth until basically raccoon city is just a crater um, in the middle of nowhere, our heroes eventually are able to uh, get out of the train. I forget, how did they stop the Birkin monster on the third attempt? I, I totally forgot. I just finished watching the movie like an hour and a half ago, and I totally forgot how they got rid of the monster in the train. Uh, rocket launcher. Oh, the rocket launcher. Duh, the Resident Evil 1 ending. Yes. Which was, yeah, it was totally a nod to the game where just a rocket launcher just happens to be sitting there on the train. <laughs> exactly. In the video game, Vickers, the helicopter pilot, actually drops a rocket launcher to Claire or Chris, you know, excuse me, to Jill or Chris, depending on what character you decided to play with. Here, Leon just finds a rocket launcher. He says he found it in first class, which... You know, uh, an attempt at comedy, of course. And basically, in in this enclosed space inside of a train, shoots a goddamn rocket at the Birkin monster, obviously killing it. And yet no one else gets hurt. And Chris was literally standing right next to Birkin when Leon shot the rocket. But somehow, uh, he's fine. No problem. Everybody survived. And yeah, after the rocket launcher sequence, uh, they get out of the tunnel leading to the town of Gatlin, and the movie ends. Literally, a very abrupt ending. They get out of the train, boom, closing credits. 
And then, of course, we get our our post credit scene that we all knew was coming. Every Resident Evil fan in the world was expecting to see Ada Wong. Yes, Ada Wong, our sexy red-dressed journalist from Resident Evil 2, makes an appearance in the post credit scene, and uh, she basically lets Wesker know. Wesker, who is still alive at this point, we thought Wesker had been killed uh, by the Birkin monster, but apparently he is uh reanimated he's alive he actually comes out of a body bag uh during that cutscene. once he is awake and kind of confused that's when ada walks in and lets wesker know that she's the one that's been giving him the information she was the one who was trying to and this kind of tracks for ada wong because ada wong has always been a journalist who's been trying to bring umbrella down trying to get the truth about umbrella out there so she's always been kind of a shadow figure in the Resident Evil franchise, like, I, I think she was finally made a playable character in Code Veronica, if I remember correctly. I think it was Code Veronica. It was either Code Veronica or the Resident Evil remake that uh, Ada Wong was finally a playable character, but yeah, kind of lackluster. She didn't really add anything to the game. But uh, one of the things I'm really disappointed with this movie is the fact that Lisa Trevor is not a bigger part of this movie and this is this kind of goes along with my original complaint of they just put way too much in this movie because they had to put so much into this movie lisa trevor basically gets ignored to the point where we're not even sure if she's alive i mean we assume she's dead because raccoon city is basically a parking lot now i mean it's just leveled so we can assume that she's dead but of course movie logic dictates if you don't see them die on screen they're not dead so yeah, I really it really bothered me that they left that dangling because I, I like Lisa Trevor. I like her tragic storyline. We don't even get a backstory on her. And her backstory is literally one of the most tragic of the Resident Evil franchise. And we get nothing of that in the movie. So this is what I'm talking about with the little complaints I have. They they put too much in here. So some things suffer. Um, like I said, we only get one scene with liquors. There's only one liquor in the whole movie. Liquors are like the second most abundant monster in Resident Evil, in Raccoon City, during this apocalypse. Yet we only get one in the movie. Um, so that's a little disappointing. Uh, like I said, I would have liked to have seen more Lisa Trevor. I would have liked, I assume that they're saving uh, William Birkin's daughter's storyline for a subsequent subsequent sequel because his daughter actually does have uh, something in her blood that can help later, but we don't know that at this point. And like I said, as far as the movie universe goes, who knows if they're actually going to do anything with that. But um, yeah, just so much missing from this movie and so much unnecessary additions to the movie. It's just, like I said, it's a Hollywood director trying to make a franchise his own. And by doing that, he's basically sacrificing the enjoyment of a lot of hardcore fans and cinephiles in general. Because like I said, if you go into this and you're not a gamer, I feel like it's an incomplete story. I feel like you're going to walk out of the theater not knowing who half the people in the movie were, what their part in this whole conspiracy was. Hell, they don't even talk about Umbrella much in this movie. Umbrella has a very deep-rooted backstory as well, and we get none of that in this movie. So, That's yeah, right. I, I have just no idea what these filmmakers were thinking about. Like I said, they, they tried to stuff as much of the cool stuff 
into the movie from like the first four or five games, but skipping so much character development and world building, the world building especially. Like I said, you know nothing about Raccoon City based on this movie alone. Nothing about it at all. You know, nothing about what they were like before Umbrella moved in. You have no idea the kind of stuff they had to deal with while Umbrella was in full force in Raccoon City. It's just, it's such an incomplete movie um, that it really should have been split up. It just, there's no reason to have this much stuff in one single movie. I mean, imagine, you know, imagine sitting in a theater for in um, Avengers Infinity War and Endgame all at once. That's like five and a half hours worth of movie. But in that five and a half hours, you get development, you get story, you get, you know, a, a lot of emotionality, all of that. All of that is missing from Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City because they rushed everything, because they don't develop any characters. I almost don't care about anyone in this movie. Like, if I hadn't played the games, this is one of those movies where I would be like, uh, there's like one likable character in the whole movie. I don't give a rat's ass about anybody's, you know, potential uh, death or, you know, turning on other characters. It's like, I just didn't care. And it's because we didn't get all of that great development that we got out of 26 years of the video game. Obviously, it's going to be hard to recreate that in cinema, but... I, sticking, you know, information from five different games into one movie is the wrong way to go about it. And it's really too bad because at its heart, this is a decent movie. It is. It, it's watchable. But if you're looking for complex story that's followable and, you know, um, understandable, this ain't the movie for you. Um, I, I would I would probably recommend you go and play the first four or five Resident Evil games at the very least, the first two. And then you'll understand a lot of what's going on here. But yeah, I don't like when filmmakers do that. I don't like when they have to rely on the original property for you to know what's going on in the movie. I've I've always used this same movie as my example, the Firefly movie. Do you remember? I, I don't know if you watch sci-fi television, Mike, but my my wife is a huge sci-fi television fan. Uh, she watched Firefly. I forget what the name of that movie was. I, it I think it was Serenity. Serenity. That's it. Yeah. Thank you. Anyway, I went to see Serenity with my wife, having never seen one episode of Firefly. But I went in figuring, well, no filmmaker is going to be stupid enough to make a movie and not at least have some kind of backstory for the people who don't watch the show. Nope. Firefly Serenity literally is only enjoyable if you watch the show. And I've always hated that about filmmakers. You got to make these movies like someone is experiencing this franchise for the first time. And if this is if if this film, Welcome to Raccoon City, is your first experience with, uh, you know, Umbrella and the G virus and everything else, I would say most people are going to hate it. Most people are going to walk away just not enjoying it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, I wanted this movie to be more, so much more, but also so much less. Give me a more focused story. This story is just not focused. Like, is is this Claire's movie? Is it Chris's movie? Is it Leon's movie? Is it William Birkin's movie? It's like, there's no clear, yes, we've got our clear heroes, but no clear, like, main character. Like, I thought Birkin was going to be our main character, but we don't even really get a lot of Birkin. We get more of Birkin after he transforms into the monster than before when he was still, you know, experimenting on these kids and everything else. So, 
Yeah, like I said, I could sit here for another two hours griping about the things that um, the issues I had with this movie. But, you know, we got to cut this off. So, like I said, the long and the short of it is if you're into the games, I think you'll enjoy the movie. If you've never played a Resident Evil movie and the only experience you have is the previous film franchise, I don't think you're going to like this film very much. That's it for me, Mike. Uh, Yep. That's pretty much it for me, too. I don't really have anything else to add. I mean, there's no reason for me to even go over the movie because, yeah, it, it, it's, <laughs> it's the video game the best it can be, I guess. They got some right and some wrong. Maybe we'll get more, maybe not. I don't know. The way they, the way they made it, it seems like they weren't counting on it because it seems like they almost had a bullet point list of things they wanted to put exactly. in <laughs> and they put them in there, whether or not there was going to be future movies or not. So who knows? Uh, I guess yeah. we'll just have to wait and see if, if there are future movies. Oh, and by the way, I, I mentioned my problem with the title. It's called welcome to raccoon city, but we destroy a raccoon city at the end of the first movie. So it should really be called goodbye raccoon city. It just like I said, in the video game world, we spend three full games in Raccoon City before it's destroyed. Here we spend an hour and forty five minutes in Raccoon City before it's destroyed. And it's all happens it all happens in one night. This movie takes place in the span of what? Uh seven hours from eleven PM to six AM. So yeah, I mean that that tells you exactly how rushed this movie was without even watching it. The fact that they put in probably what like six years worth of video game story into an hour and 45 minute movie that pretty much tells you everything you need to know <laughs> mm-hmm. exactly so we went in being welcome to raccoon city and we've already promptly been kicked out and <laughs> left with no raccoon city so it'll be go. interesting to see what, what they do because like you said plenty more <laughs> plenty more of the video games took place there so i don't know they'd have to they, they've already set themselves up, kind of, that they'd have to go in a new direction. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they have to <laughs> skip all the Russian, uh, what do you call it, all those Russian soldiers from Part 3. they got to mm-hmm. skip all that, because Raccoon City's destroyed. Uh, like I said, all the great monsters from the first three games that are completely ignored. Like, we don't get any hunters, we don't get the giant snake, we don't get the giant tarantula. Um... What else is missing? Oh, like I said, Nemesis. I mean, unless Birkin was supposed to be Nemesis, but like I said, in the in the video game storyline, Birkin is not Nemesis, so, you know. Whatever. Or even what this name chasing you around, Mr. X, is it? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, Mr. X, uh, T-Virus guy, some people call him, yeah, yeah, with the top hat. <laughs> Getting a trophy for shooting his hat off. Exactly. <laughs> see that might, that would have been kind of comical to see him <laughs> burst through the wall and then Jill just shoots his hat off, <laughs> just like, well, that's all I can do. I'm gonna go. Yeah, because his introduction <laughs> in Resident Evil Two game is right after the helicopter crash, right? Because yeah, literally comes out yep. of the wreckage. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> so when he didn't show up after the helicopter crash i just figured okay he's not going to be in here exactly yeah or they're saving him whatever you know like i said there's so many different monsters in here that we didn't get from the first three or four games that you know what do you, you know what are you gonna do um yeah. but at least you know i mean we got the main ones you know we got one liquor we got the zombies we got the birkin monster i would have liked to have seen the hunters in there because the, i love the hunters i actually like the hunters more than the liquors because you know the liquors are cool but you know 
that tongue gets annoying after a while. Whereas the hunters, they look like reptilian gorillas, which are fucking badass, and and they're built like tanks. So I mm-hmm. always like, and they were from the original game. I mean, the hunters were from the very first Resident Evil game. So, um, whereas the liquors were from Resident Evil Two. Like we oh. didn't get liquors in the first one. So yeah, th- that's what I mean. The choices made in this movie are very questionable at best. Um, but what are you gonna do? <laughs> Well, what we're going to do is get out of here and yes. find out where else we can be heard. So, Venom, go ahead. All right. So, the latest episodes, of course, uh, for the main show, it's our uh, Italian Horror Month episode where we looked at Graveyard Disturbance from Lombetto Bava and House of Clocks by Lucio Fulci, my favorite Italian director, if anyone's interested. Um, that was a fun episode. Um, obviously talking a lot of Italian horror for that one. And then on the, kind of along the same uh, the, uh, theme, I also did a guest spot on Cinema Attack with our boy Derek B., where we uh, continued this, the talk of Italian horror films. This time we looked at more popular ones. We looked at three of Dario Argento's bigger films. We looked at Deep Red, Tenebrae, and Phenomena, also known as Creepers in America. Uh, if you remember Jennifer Connelly covered in bugs, you know the movie I'm talking about. So yeah, that was the latest episode of Cinema Attack. I would imagine that'll be out sometime uh, later this week. Episode three of uh, No More Room in Hell Presents Creature Comforts will be out this week. I will have it done by tomorrow, and it should be uploaded the very next day. So I would say, uh, you know, the last day of November, it'll be there, even though it is technically our November episode. We will still be doing a December episode. We just haven't picked our movie yet, but look out for that uh, sometime this week. Um, let's see, on It's Not Horror Okay, our latest episode is still Dragon Slayer. We are recording an episode uh, this week. I am not sure what the movie is yet, so I'll announce that next week when I find out. Uh, in the Mic of Madness, it, it's still uh, the one episode since our return, our little tribute to 1981 with our uh, award categories for all films, all horror films that were released in 1981. So check that out. And a couple of more guest spots that I, I know I've already talked about, but I'll, I'll talk about them one last time. Uh, once again, an appearance with Bo Ransdell on The Dark Parade, where we talked about my favorite vampire movie of all time, Let the Right One In, out of Sweden. And that was a great discussion. We went deep on that one, so check that out. And then on Bite Size Cinema with R.J. McCready, uh, we got to talk about Child's Play, the first time I've ever had the chance to review Child's Play, the original Child's Play. Um, so check out that for a quickie. Obviously, uh, the, the show is called Bite Size Cinema, so it's going to be a quick listen. So check that out if you've got a few spare minutes. And I think that's everything from me, Mike. Okay, let's go over to Don. Do you have anything? Yeah. Um, so, uh, as Venna mentioned, uh, Creature Comforts should be out soon. Um, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, that episode is out. Uh, my appearance on The Dark Parade, where we looked at the uh, Night of the Demons remake, um, that is out. Uh, that's found on uh, the last two shows, uh, Underwater Kaiju and Dark Parade, are found on the Legion podcast feed. And I feel that this is the uh, perfect time to announce that uh, come the new year, I am going to be launching my own show for myself. Uh, I'm going to be doing um, a new show. 
called the Horror Countdown Podcast. Um, this is a, a dream project of mine. I've been uh, wanting to do something like this for a long time, and um, I, I haven't had the guts to do it, but uh, I'm finally going to do it. I uh, figured now or never, you know, I put it off or whatever. But um, if the title didn't give it away, uh, this is not going to be a uh, review show. It's going to just be top 10 countdowns. So it's going to be uh, me and a guest pick a topic, uh, franchise, you know, franchise rankings, director rundowns, what have you. Um, just do top ten countdowns and uh, see what happens. You know, just let the natural conversation fall where they may. <laughs> so um, I'm going to uh, put a more detailed, uh, more detailed thing on my Facebook page, so that you'll see that by the time that this is out. Because I'm going to probably announce it either Monday or Tuesday. So, yeah, you guys are getting a little sneak, pre- sneak preview here. Um, <laughs> but um, I'll have all of the uh, details announced probably on uh, the 1st of December. And uh, hopefully we'll have the show launched by January. I'll probably announce, probably do it the 1st uh, or 2nd, depending on... What, depending on some, depending on that, but um, you, you'll know everything. I'll have all of the promotional blitzes and stuff like that ready to go, and uh, I'll have a month of talking about it. But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's at a. I've been working on it for uh, the last couple of weeks now, and uh, it's at a stage where I'm finally ready to announce it. So nice. be on the lookout for that. Uh, like I said, uh, closer to the uh, new year. Very cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. sounds cool. Yeah, I have to check that one out for sure. Mm. This this shows tend to be fun. We love yeah. our list. Yeah, people yeah. are counting down stuff. Um, all right, yeah. Once uh that's available, definitely bring it back up and let everyone know for sure. Absolutely. Um, all right, and then as far as I go, I have not done anything outside of the, just the normal shows. Just been really busy. Haven't really booked stuff. I I do have. Uh, guest spots that have not dropped yet, or that I actually haven't even recorded yet. I'm just on like the the list of guests for things. So once those get recorded and I kind of have a time frame of when they release, I'll announce them. But uh, until then, yeah, nothing for me. Um, as far as fresh cuts goes, I believe as of now, our next episode is going to be on the Black Friday movie with uh, Bruce Campbell yep. in it. So. Another movie I've heard mixed reviews on, so <laughs> I guess uh, that makes it uh, even more uh, a prime candidate for fresh cuts. So that will be coming next, and then and beyond that, I know uh, Black Phone is I think coming out this year, yep. isn't it? Still, yep. Wait, is that one January? Is it? I'm not. What's I'm not November? sure. There's the one with Ethan Hawke. I think that's January. Oh yeah, you might be. It right. could that be. Might... It could be. I thought there was one more theatrical release coming this year for sure. But other than that, I'm not. I'm there should be a couple, if I remember. I just I don't have my list in front of me, but yeah, I I thought I remembered seeing at least two in December. Well, yeah, because I thought the last couple of times I've been to the theater, I've seen trailers where they said releasing in December, but. Mm-hmm. I can't be sure, and who knows? It seems like things get pushed around. So so often now, like it, at the last minute, you never know. Exactly. So, either way, yep, we got. Let's see. If we still plan on taking 
Well, technically, with the way the calendar works this year, the last, the quote unquote last week of December is the, the 29th and 30th. That's a Monday and Tuesday. So if that's all we're counting, then that'll be our week off. But if we're counting the week before that, it would be um, actually, you know what? No, I'm looking at November. Hold on, let me ah! December. Yeah, <laughs> Dece- December is the 27th through 31st is that last week. So that'll probably be our week off. So with that said, we still would have three episodes coming this calendar year so yeah so we'll plan on still doing that taking the week off at the end to put together let's do last minute watching but other than that yeah um that, i think that they'll cover the housekeeping stuff for now so with that said we'll be back in a week with another episode of fresh cuts thank you everyone for listening say bye to the listeners Adios. later, later. Peace. Okay.